I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway, so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. We are now delighted to introduce our new sponsor, Orga Retro. Go retro with orgaretro.com specialists in county retro style clothing get yourself organized for 2023 and avail of our 20 percent discount on all orders until january 31st hello and welcome to the premier view podcast today i'm your host kevin ryan for episode 94 and joined by sean smith of turtle sarsfields and colin from clamalogue uh, right, as we go straight into it again, there's a big weekend of football on this week, but we're here to talk about the hurling, first of all, the National Hurling League. Tipperary are in Group 1B, which for me is the easier of the two competitions. We're in with Leash, who we play Saturday week, Dublin, Kilkenny, Antrim and Waterford. Sean, I'll go to you first. I'm going to ask you, what would you, your expectations be for, from, from Tipperary for this league campaign? Are wins important? Is it more performances? Would you love to see Tipperary bag a league title if possible? His, his wins at the end of the day as well, along with formers, like against in the month's league, like we, people are saying we great forms as far as 50 minutes, good work rate, but if you lose your eight points up, lose by a point, you want to win these games, you know, and just get a bit of momentum going, like we beat Leach the first day then. Go down to Kenny, I don't think, last time we won to Kenny, I think Reds was playing, was that 2006 in the league, was it? So, like, it's a long time ago. We don't win down there, like, and it's something, like, we want to get off our and back. Even the last year when they were wounded coming to Temple Stadium, we still made hard work of it, didn't we? Like, so Yeah, so it's just, we need to just go, like, get the win over Leash. Drive on, you say it is an easier side to draw. You'd expect to beat Leash and Antrim, but, like, then you have people going, oh, it's tipping cocky, but that's, it's not cocky, it's just yeah. hurling in the rank. Um, like, to win just, that. We always seem to have trouble with Dublin. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Dublin away, like, it's a Crook. I think it's a Crook yeah. Park game at a five o'clock evening. You know, it's... That's, it, we just kind of... A, it depends how the first two games go as well. So, I just want to see a bit of drive on. Cal will have the work rate in the lads. They'll have the, the desire, but then you need to start having scores. Like we can't afford scoring 14, 15 points a game. We need everyone else to chip in, not just one point, maybe two, three, four, you know? Um, yeah, how relevant is, do you think, the Munster League for now? Look, the three good games and three close games against Clare Waterford and losing the final of Cork. From Liam Cal's perspective, do you think he'll stick with the core of that team or is it time to bring back in, maybe start your Noel McGrath, etc. now to build towards more of his championship team? Or do you think there's still lads worth having a look at, really? Oh, yeah, I think for sure. Like, God, sorry, go on, Colm. No, Sean, yeah. I, I, like, I suppose just to 
follow up on a lot of what you said there. Yeah, I, I, I think they're, like the Monster League has probably served a, a purpose this year. We definitely look fitter than we did 12 months ago. We seem to be developing a game, a, a style of game as well that we, you know, would hopefully see us compete. Well, not hopefully, that we'll see us compete a lot better this year. As you said, like it's, it is about wins though. I think, I think I said this in the podcast the last time. I think the, the win over, the win over Clare was our first win in nearly 12 months since we beat Antrim in the league last year. Like that's, that's pitiful really. Like, you know, no matter what the, what the context or who you're playing, that that's not good. So I think, you know, you can throw in loads of cliches about, you know, winning breeds confidence and, you know, it, it, it winning breeds winning and, and all of that sort of stuff. And one of the things, and I, I think I probably mentioned this on the board last week, I, I was disappointed that we lost the game to Cork, particularly in the manner that we lost it. Just like when, when you're eight points up with 10 minutes to go, you should be seeing it out. That's just what the comment I thought. We should have just held on, got the win, got out of there. You don't have to be blown about it that it's only a monster league or any, anything like that, but just get into that habit of winning and seeing out those tight games and I think all of us with Tipperary teams that we sort of panic. We, we have a tendency to panic when we have a lead going into the last 10 minutes. Like, was anybody really, really surprised that Cork caught us in the end? I wasn't like, you know. Um, yeah, I think as long as you're learning from that game, Colin, like, you know, I I kind of cut him a bit of slack there and and said like, yeah, it's a step above a, a challenge match or a glorified challenge match. But yeah, I, I do take your point is in losing was certainly a habit for us last year. But like, are we, you know, so we're all going gung-ho for the league now. But then, like, you know, three rounds into it, you're kind of like, does the league even matter? Like, you know, the kind of evenings are getting longer and talk is turning to April and championship things. So, like, again, I'll ask the same question to you there, Colin. What would you be expecting from Tipperary? Bar obvious answer is wins, like, but would you be very disappointed if we're not end up in a semi-final now? Which basically, to make a semi-final, I have to sit, assume as Sean says, we beat Leash and Antrim. You have to beat one of Izzet or two of Dublin, Kilkenny and Waterford, probably. I wouldn't be very disappointed, Kevin, no, because I think realistically, looking at that group, we're behind Kilkenny, we're behind Watford, much and all as hard and all as it is for me to say that. And we're probably what on a par with Dublin. And maybe I'm being harsh on Dublin by saying that, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and like D- Dublin have given us problems before. I remember going up to Parnell Park and even in 2010, we won the All Ireland and yeah. Dublin yeah. turned us over. And, you know, I, I've, I've memories of going to Crow Park after that when we were champions, maybe as well. The following year, well, then I think it was 2011 in Parnell. We went up there and um, got a bit of a chastening experience for us league game. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so you know we 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 don't have a, we don't have a wonderful record against Dublin, you know, in, in league hurling. So I wouldn't be very disappointed if we didn't make a, se- a semi final, Kevin, because I think where we're where we are at the moment, we're probably not a semi final team. But like, you know, one of the big criticisms I had after the league campaign of last year is there was so many positions that we hadn't nailed down. We really didn't. We had no settled team at all. So I think Sean probably mentioned this earlier on as well. You, you need a settled team at the end of the league. If we had a settled team, we looked fit and we had a style of play, well, then I'd be happy. That's 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 fair enough. Sean, Atnes, uh, to add to that, maybe on what you'd expect from Tipperary? Um, it's just as in like even last year, the halfback was a Heffernan, was a Campion and McBride McGrath. Like they were solid there. Like they played them again against Nice. They bring like Ronan into back from his travels yet there. Like, you know, so... Well, what again, about O'Mara, who, you know, a lot of us singing is um, Brian O'Mara, singing his praises after... Yeah, exactly, yeah, like, there's always watching that half-back thing at home, and it's saying that maybe the number three were caught, but then it just brings a learning curve. Many more games, like, he's putting his hand off balls, maybe he should. You know, like, I think back to James Barry was 1,010 All-Ireland, was it? Was it? He didn't hit, catch the ball, just, everything just spat down, just broke, and that was it, like, you know, so... 16, it's a... The 16, was it? Yeah, yeah. 10, just, 10 was way back, yeah. just, and that, but um, you know, like he just there's a lot he learned, but like you keep learning that against Leith, Kilkenny, then Dublin. You it know, it will Waterford, be interesting though you know? if he does stick with Breen for this league campaign because it's very hard thing to do to change your full back after maybe starting five league games with him yeah, or, exactly, or whatever yeah. it is. You know, you're basically pot committed at that stage, and I think that's something that Colin Bonner maybe kind of found that last year in that like he wanted to experiment a bit in the league, but I think that he was. You know, after his experimentation, maybe given the results he wanted, he was kind of stuck with those players anyway. Because so it's an interesting. Be great if we could play two half back. Be great if we could play two half back lanes. We do two good half back lanes. Is that possible? Yeah, well, get on to Davy Fitzgerald. I'm sure so <laughs> he'll sort it out, and maybe a third one, even a a deep line midfield as well. <laughs> uh, just look at it. Look at that. I suppose the other teams in our group. You mentioned maybe Kilkenny column that are ahead of us, certainly. 
Dublin. Antrim and Leash are they definitely, you know, two whipping boys in, in the group. Like two of those are just battled out for rele- relegation. Waterford on the border toss there. It's hard to know what to expect, you know. Davies Davies return there will, will spark a lot of interest in the media and stuff with him. But like, you know, are they are they a beaten docket at this stage? You know, did they have their chance maybe a couple of years ago, or can he get something out of them? Yeah, I mean, like they looked the form team in Ireland at the end of the league last year, you know, and it, it probably every like when you're asking me about the league this year, I'm straight away thinking about how much we overestimated Waterford after a league campaign last year. And it puts everything that you talk about with the league then into some sort of perspective. But I, I like, look, with the Munster Championship, Kevin, as we know, any of the teams pretty much are capable of beating anybody on a given day, you know. So, like, somebody asked me an interesting question on the on the pod recently, like, would, would Tip have come out of Leinster last year? And actually, when you think about it, they probably would. So, would Waterford come out of Leinster? I think they would as well. So, what I'm saying is, Waterford and you know and Tip by extension are you know in the top six or seven teams in the country. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Waterford go well in the league. I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out of Munster either. Like they have, they have a couple of star players as well. I mean, love them or loathe them, Gleeson has a star quality. You know, and it's something that we've alluded to on the pod the last day we were on, and Sean mentioned it again there about the, the spread of scores in our forwards probably not being where we'd like it, and do we have a star? star man to grab a game by the, by the scruff of the neck. Austin Gleeson will certainly do that for Waterford. You know, Kilkenny have it with TJ Reid as well. You know, he's still able to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and do it. And, and do it. So that's probably, I would put Kilkenny ahead of us. I would put Waterford ahead of us at the moment. You can only go on, you know, last year's championship. And Waterford did beat us last year in the championship, you know. And, you know, Kilkenny were in the All-Ireland final and gave Limerick a hell of, one hell of a, a game last year. So I would put the two of them ahead. Dublin probably on a par with us. But as we said, we struggled with them in the league. And Leash and Antrim, to be honest with you, if we're not able to beat Leash and Antrim, you know, we might as well fold up the tent and go home, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Dublin the last couple of years probably verging on waste waste of time there. Obviously, new setup in there now. And uh, they might, might, might kind of fancy themselves to make that breakthrough in Leinster as well. Um, the other side of the league draw, Limerick, as we know, don't really do the league. Or if they win their first game, they might have an interest. Um, I know Dermot Burns is still over in Dubai, kind of getting ready for a big final of nine aside hurling tomorrow. Um, but you have Clare, Cork, Galway, Limerick, Westmead, who we have to feel sorry for in that one, and Wexford. So it's hard to call, you know, who'll be coming out of that or who'll care. Galway, you know, year two under Henry, you'll probably want to be seeing progress there. Maybe a good league is important for him. Cork, new, new set up there as well. They'll, similar to Tip, I, I'd be saying they'd be trying to win a few games. Wexford, Dar Egan as well. Like, you know, again, they've, again, you could say similar to Tip, maybe lost a few games that they, they look like winning for long periods and had a great start to the league last year. So maybe they peaked too early. So just thoughts on any of the teams there, there lads? Well, again, we, 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 said, we said in the pod in the last few weeks, Kevin, there's not a new managers in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they'll all, they'll all, you know, have a point to prove early in the league and we'll want to be getting off, you know, we'll want to be getting things off to on a good footing. But like, it's, it's, Given what happened last year in the league and the way the championship is structured now, it's very, very difficult to, to, to speak with, about the league with any degree of confidence. You know, you just don't know what's going on. And one thing I would say, though, it's sort of a contradiction then to what happened last year, but I always thought that it's very hard to be playing poor and all the way through the league and then the beginning of April, all of a sudden turn it around. Like, to me, that's difficult. I think under the old system, I would have thought that you know, you could be slogging away in the league and then it finished in April and you had two months then to get your house exactly, in order, yeah. you know, and, and that yeah. used to happen. I, I regularly see, you know, we all remember teams going bad in the league and they'd come out the first round of championships and be jizzy, you wouldn't recognise them. You know, and, and I would have thought last year that the teams who went well in the league would transition well into championship. But that didn't happen with Waterford, you know, and it didn't, it, it didn't seem to happen with a number of other teams who went well in the league. So, it, like... It's really hard to know. It's just really yeah, hard to know. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think, Colin, you raise a good point there because it shows, you know, like the, the GA essentially what they've done is they've tried to cram the same C- GA season, just split it down the middle of a club. But like, yeah, it's something we might need to look at with the league as in does it, like to make it relevant, do we need to start, you know, I don't know, it's just an idea like seeding, like league results, you know, will with, with will kind of determine your seeding in championship or something like that because maybe home and away venue as well maybe you know it could determine like an extra home game 
fucking championship or something. No, yeah, like something the league to will make it out. It'll fall away if teams. It'll fall away if teams like after two or three games, just results aren't there. They've got the win against maybe a poor team in the group. They're not in trouble relegation, and you just kind of say, right, championship are playing first championship game at home, and that's it. Like, no, focus changes. Like, exactly. Turning lads to a league that I think is certainly working well, and that's the National Football League. Four divisions, teams playing against you know their peers of relatively equal strength. There'll be a lot of close games this weekend. Tip have a tough one versus Down, uh, who were relegated from Division Two two last year. Um, Tip, you know, I suppose they've a lot, lot of turnover in players. I think there's only nine from the 2020 Brigade Monster Winning Brigade left. I suppose, Colin, I'll, I'll come to you first in the, as a South. Um, success here would be retention of your our Division 3 status. Yeah, definitely. Look, there's a huge step up, Kevin, I think, between Division 4 football and Division 3 football. That's the first thing to be, to, to be said. Like, you know, d- d- like Division 4 is competitive in its own way and that most of the teams down there are around the same level. You know, whereas Division 3 are coming up against some potentially very strong teams. And I, I put down in as a, as a strong team. You know, I think they they they're fit, they're strong. Any Ulster team you play are going to be are going to be difficult. They're going to present their own problems, like you know. So I think it's it's important. We've we've only three games at home this year. I think it's down Antrim and and Offaly. I think are the, are the three games at home. Yeah. So like you'd imagine, we definitely be targeting the Antrim and the Offaly games as, as you know as four points, and then you know maybe a free hit on the down game this weekend. I, I'm like. I yeah, think for man in there as well. I think um, not not home now, but you know maybe one that you could be looking at winning. Yeah, you know. So, but as I said, like there is quite a step up here. You're going to be coming up against good teams. Like Down would have, I'm sure Down would have their their eyes on promotion this year and and a, and a good run in Ulster. I saw them a few times last year in the qualifiers on TV, and they were very impressive. You know, they they play a really good brand of football as well. There's plenty of goals in them. So. You know, I, th- I think this this will be a tough game for Tip. Although I know, listening to Davy Power and the lads over the last few weeks, they were pleased with how the McGrath Cup went. They got a chance to have a look at a lot of players. You know, they had a, a draw against Limerick the last day out in Feathers, which you know, and apparently really could have won that game. And you know, Limerick are Limerick are a decent side as well, and would we'll be I would put it on a rung up above Tip. Like so, you know, I think they've probably got as much as they could get out of it out of the out of the preseason campaign. I saw some mad stat during the week, Kevin and Sean, that. I think from the 2020 team that or panel that won the All Ireland, I think there's only, or sorry, won the Munster Championship. I think there's only eight of them left on the panel now. You know, so yeah, that'll tell you. Wouldn't, the, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. be surprised at that at all. I think it was nine, but um, yeah, eight because, like, I understand the column because you know once you climb the mountain, like you know, a lot of that cohort would have been around in 2016 as well for the run to the semi final, an eventual defeat to Mayo. So like you know, there's not much more to achieve. No, it's, and, and like we've said this before, I mean, like, and you don't want to be condescending or patronising to anybody because, you know, anybody should or should know this. They tra- train just as hard as the hurlers. Like, it's the same. I mean, the commitment that's involved to be an inter-county player in hurling or football at the moment is savage. Like, you know, it can't be underestimated. It's a it's a seven-day-a-week job to, to be an inter-county footballer or hurler. Like, you know, so you could, as you said, once you get to the top of the mountain, as they did in 2020, you know, I, I really admire anybody who, who has the motivation then to come back year after year after that, knowing probably deep down that you're not going to win, you're not going to win in All-Ireland. You know, you're not going to win the Munster Championship, but particularly now that Kerry are just gone so ahead of everybody in, in Munster that, you know, it's 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 hard. To, I, I don't know what the pick of the rest of the counties even give Kerry a game at this stage. You know, Yeah, to be honest, that's, so big. That's, a very, that's a very good question and it does seem to be getting worse. It's just funny in all the provinces you probably have one or two outstanding teams. Obviously, look, Monster, the the one thing you would say about it is it's not as bad as Leinster yet, you know, where the dubs have just farmed and used as challenge games for their, you know, for the later campaign. Ulster's as competitive as ever, but like, you know, kind of Galway resurgence, but like you had Mayo kind of ended up in all their own quarters and semis for a long way. Like, but you know, it is, you know, difficult to see how your Tipperary's, your Carlos, even your like your your West Meads or something are, are going to keep pace with those kind of with those counties who just have so much resources and focus towards football. I, th- I think I think that's why the league is such a good competition in, in that regard, Kevin, because you're playing against teams of pretty much an equal standard to you, you know. And there's it's a competition. To, it's 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 an opportunity to win a competition. It's an opportunity to play in Crow Park in a final. It's an opportunity to lift some silverware. You know, you've got a realistic chance. Like all the teams in Division Three will look at it and think, well. 
you know, on any given day, we might be able to beat, beat, beat the rest of them. And, you know, so they'll be going for, for, for promotion and the chance to play in Crow Park. Whereas in the provincial situation as it is at the moment, like realistically, are any of the teams going to beat Kerry? I don't think so. Have, are any of the Leinster teams going to beat Dublin? I don't think so. Is yeah, anybody yeah. outside of Galway or Mayo going to win Connacht? I don't think so. You know, so that's why I think the, the, the football league is it's, it's, I re, it's a competition I really like. I'm looking forward to I think it's Mayo and Galway on television tomorrow night. I'm looking forward yeah, to watching that. Mm-hmm. And I think the Dubs and playing Kildare on TG, TG Carr as well. So, you know, there's a nice, nice view in there and there should be good, close games and, you know, so, something definitely to whet the appetite. Definitely, yeah. And it does, it does seem to seem to hold a bit more weight than the than its hurling equivalent. Right, lads, I suppose the burning question of the week, you're you're in the Glen Committee room, probably quite hungover on Monday afternoon or Monday evening. And <laughs> or you get a text from in you're in a local pub, we'll say, and you say, Look, yeah, what are you going to do in here, lads? And geez, I suppose it's every secretary's worst nightmare, Sean. Um do you think Glenn are right to appeal? Or would you just want to just move on and they're right if they're wrong either way, if they appeal or not appeal. Just mm-hmm. I, do, I just think it's a farce this year, to be honest. Jason has called that be a kick. My opinion is Phil McCord could come back and say, right, there you go. Play fine. They won't show up. Cups hand over. Like, what? Like, what's happened? Like, you know, it's... Yeah. That's my gut feeling, to be honest. Like, what? Like, Phil McCord aren't going to play it. They're not. But they, they're the ones that broke the rules. So I... I know they broke I the rules. I do think, you know, my own... Two cents would be like, yeah, they're right to appeal. They're right to object, should I say? Oh, yeah, whether yeah. the whether a replay is what they actually want or whatever, but they do raise the point that Kilmacud did have 16. Now, I don't hate this point that you know oh, he didn't touch the ball or whatever because it allowed him to get an extra man in there. And football's all about space or anything is. They're you know, funny acting on the sideline for five minutes trying to get him on. Anyway, like it was. Yeah. I don't know what they're at. Like there's five minutes there. The substandard are going on. We going on. We not going on. 45 came, they went on, oh, just, but officially needs to be looked at as well, like, how in any other sport, say, watch good Venice on tonight, you, if your foot, toe was even on the field, it's a penalty against it, like, it's just obvious, in soccer, way to come off, like, how did no one even wonder, like, where's the sub going off? Yeah, like, it's, uh, Colin, would you agree with that, or? Yeah, well, look, I suppose first thing I say, Kevin, is I, I have the greatest sympathy for Derek O'Mahony, first of all, as the referee. I know Derek quite well, and, you know, he, he's it's, it's, he's in a tough position at the moment. Like, you know, and like all of us have been involved in situations like this. Lads are coming in and out of the field the whole time, and, you know, you're trying to keep an eye on it. And it's not easy, but look, it's All-Ireland final day, and there's you, you, you could argue there's enough officials around there that someone should have spotted it. My own view on this, Kevin, is, is simple. Rules are rules, right? 15 versus 15. Like it's the premise of the GA, you know, and I think you're setting you're setting a very dangerous precedent. Yeah. This if an appeal isn't lo- if if an appeal is lodged and, and a replay isn't given, I, I understand all of what you and Sean have said. And to be in a committee the last few weeks or being a committee in the club in the last week or so must have been hell on earth trying to figure out what the right thing is to do. But I think you're you're setting a dangerous precedent here that in future if a team doesn't like what's going on in the field, they throw a 16th man on or whatever. And it's not as if your man like at the end of the day, your man, it's not as if the, the 16th man, if we call him that, it's not as if he wasn't, that he was standing, you know, leaning against the corner flag. having a, You're you know, in the field, yeah, corner yeah. flag. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he was standing on the goal line. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> he's in, like, you know, to use that sort of soccer parlance, he's interfering with play as far as I'm concerned. He's standing there. They broke the rules. The rule book, as far as I understand it, is very clear on this. If this happens, a replay has to be ordered. So, yeah. The, like, the GA should have met on this on the Sunday night or yeah. you know immediately mm-hmm. after as soon as this became clear yeah. it, it should have been a ruling should be made but in yeah. sort of typical GA Irish fashion this has been allowed to drag on and drag but I think on that's what they want they'll brush under the carpet a bit of a fine you know move on kind of thing and then the furrow will die down Sean I suppose it was a fairly routine win for Ballyhale I suppose they're all off enjoying themselves as a Yesterday, yeah, it was routine so, um, enough, but it wasn't, didn't light it on fire. Like a half time was no. kind of a workmanlike kind of performance. Half time, you know, two up on Cody, probably the difference got one five, but like it wasn't, never set the world on fire. And you know, they pulled away in the end, it wasn't like classic, but we, yeah, it was never going to be a classic with the no. pitch. But I suppose what I, a pitch. it's it like playing on sand, was it? It was like rock. It was good to sand, see, sand. you know, it's good to see, like it sounds very like you know, you're. 
Jesus, like you know, um, from Austin again, but it's good to see an uh, Ulster team kind of, yeah, just competing, like you know, and they have been consistently competing in the club championships, I think, yeah. over the last decade, decades and decades and more. But you know, it's good, good to Valley see Hader that branch of Ireland and all level, that. Well, they are different level, like Abel just like you know, they done the job and they done it well, one with ease, seven or eight points, ever was, but like didn't just done everything right, not in too fancy, just won the game and that it just. Machine, like whatever, however to do it. Yeah, that's a machine. It's not a big urban machine and all that. In no. you know, it's just I suppose the word tradition and that. Uh, it's not all bad in Tipperary, lads. We have a full, uh, an all Tipperary Hearty Cup final to look forward to. Turles versus Cassius. So well done to both schools involved. We might talk that more another day. High school were just edged out uh, after extra time in the B competition. So look, it's good to see Tipperary schools making making progress there. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The show is a spread of unrich hurling and tip is even see it there last year's under 17 or 15 or 90. The games in all divisions are just humbling, like, and it showed when school has been so strong, like, you know, it's that schools in the semis and all the quarters were tips yeah, good, good spread of clubs as well. Oh. You know, I, I didn't see the games, but you know, definitely a good spread of clubs between your your holy crosses, your 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 turtle sogs, turtle sogs, your your cashes, like, all contribute in your your Boherlands, like, so it's good, I think, for Tipperary hurling. That, you know, all the clubs in the hinterlands are, are getting players on. Yeah, I think the closeness of the two schools as well for the final, like it brings an added sort of, I don't know, intimacy to the whole thing. And, you know, it'll, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a massive build up in both schools and in both towns going forward. And the fact that it's all in Sample Stadium as well is, it, you know, it's it's great. You know, it, it, it's it's a chance to showpiece uh, the game and showpiece the two schools and, and the young hurlers on show. So I think that's all good. And obviously from a selfish point of view, from a temporary hurling point of view, it's great to see, like, there'll always be hurlers and tip. You know, we know that, and it's great to see. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If they're coming again, um, you know, at, at that level, and hopefully some of them, will, you know, I'm not sure how many of them would be on our 17s panel or our, our 20s panel for the summer but it, you know it's good to see that there is a production line coming and credit to both schools I know you know you've Paul Mar involved I think in, in the SARS setup you've Eamon Buckley involved there you've good lads working in cash as well and that's it's great to see that lads like that are putting, putting it back into the schools because you know like a, a, a county will be as strong as this club and its schools like and that's it's great to see and as you said Kevin good to see our old alma mater in the high school as well going well at the moment there's a lot of work going on down there I know Michael Breen is the teacher down there you've Paddy O'Gorman in there as well you've um, Dave Nugent from Ballymac you've Lawler from Four Mile Water you know there's lots of lots of work going in there like so that's that's really good to see just on the Ballyhale thing I just quickly mentioned I saw as ever PM O'Sullivan was as gracious in victory as ever just mentioned that I think he's blocked me this stage so yeah I thought he mentioned that the Kenny I think Ballyhale have won more All-Irelands than all the tip clubs put together or something the club sure Ireland, like, you know they can't I mean they can't they can't win anything without referencing without referencing us like it's it's fantastic that we we wind them up so much like you know <laughs> long long may it continue yeah just say that we've uh, we've a competitive club championship maybe it's something I think like there's some stupid stat that Ballyhale have been in three quarters of Kilkenny or half of Kilkenny uh, county finals over the last 20 or 30 years or whatever it is probably more more, sure, they get to, they, they lose the first few games, end up in a quarter. Yeah. Oh no, it's just oh why? Um, the system there, you know, like it's yeah, the system. Well, look, the system allows them to kind of get going, especially if they're coming up a bit of a hangover yeah, but, from that. You know, the, the thing about it is, I mean, you think you'd be celebrating your club and your county winning in all Ireland, not looking at it as an opportunity to have a, a pop off your off your off your next door neighbours. Like, I mean, like you know, when when it comes to all Ireland's. Uh, PM and fellow, if there's any Kilkenny listeners, like we, we know what the record is between Tip and Kilkenny in the finals, and it's heavily weighted for Tip at the moment, you know. So, 
obviously that 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 is something that's a very sore point with them. And as I said, long may that continue. And for everyone, even on Premier Viewers on the trade, even reading about club game, like everyone kind of compliment. There was no, it's like, geez, how good they are, you know, consistency. There's no like, oh, fuck this. No, there's no, and he just then has to go off then and make it league like. Yeah. Is Colin Matnell's exercising it from the weekend or that? It's funny you should ask. You should ask me that, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I did, I did, I did hear our whatever. Uh, uh, I was going to call him a fellow broadcaster, but I'd be doing myself probably a big. <laughs> I'd be picking myself up there in a big way. Because I'm obviously not a broadcaster or anything near it, but I was a little taken at how I suppose excited Stephen Gleeson was when Cork hit the lead. I took the lead last Sunday down in in Porky Rin. He seemed to you know, get very um, emotional almost about Cork going in front, which I thought was very strange from a, from a Tipperary commentator. Um, so I, I don't know, like, I, I certainly wasn't excited to see that winning score going over. Maybe my reaction was probably a little over the top on the other end and that I was disappointed. But certainly, yeah, I found, I found that a little bit strange. Like, you know, I mean, you can be, you can be, I suppose, you have to be objective in commentary. And I, I, I get that, but I don't think you should be, uh, cheering with joy when an mm-hmm. opposition county hits the front on your own county. I found that very, very strange from Stephen. So I'm sure he'll he has good reason for it. But he might come on sometime and tell us about it. Yeah, tell about his passions and comment commentating. That's <laughs> and also, fair enough, lads. Yeah, and also we have the fixture plan for our own club championship. We're hurling starting the weekend at Hurtfly in the football the sixth of August. So. I think that's only the county, isn't it? Division maybe four. Yeah, that's the county. There's no divi- there's yeah. no divisions. I think plugged in there, but um, look, we playing the divisions midweek after an All Ireland win is what I'd be saying there. So um, the Swans that's be down then. Not about about getting another win and that's the, 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 the Swan just want the peak for the South Semi or <laughs> that division get number twenty four, whatever they're on now. So um, look, I can't say much. We we're stuck on one, I think so. <laughs> I suppose, look, it's the other side of the argument about the league and the championship being so condensed. At least there is a, there is some certainty for club players going forward. I know we've talked about this to death, but like, you know, that is the other side of this, that, you know, there is there is certainty now for lads. They do have a fair idea when games are on. Now, as we saw last year, particularly in the South, Kevin, it didn't exactly go to plan some of the time and there still is an awful lot of... Yeah, you know, I think it's good at the, the higher grades, Colin, for, but like still junior in the south and so it's still a bit of a... It's, it's, it's you know, it's still, I won't say a mess, but like it's still, like it's, it's pot luck, like, you know, and I think there's yeah. a fixture plan there that they should work off there now, like, you know, particularly for south junior hurling, just have, like, just, I don't think it's beyond the weight of man to kind of do something there. Uh, it's completely, it's completely unacceptable, Kevin, like, and it's, it's actually what it's doing is, like, lads who'd like to play a bit of social hurling and football in the summer, like, you're completely turning them off, like, you know, like, there, there's no, nobody can explain to me. I know I, I get the, the situation probably about the referees, maybe, but outside of that, why games can't be played midweek on a Wednesday in summer, junior games, you know, yeah. that Especially makes like absolutely no sense. Like, you know, junior C, junior D, like, you know, because junior B, for one, it's too serious now because you have some very good teams in it, so. Look, that's probably a conversation for another day, but I think it's valid as valid as well. Go retro with orgaretro.com. And now we're going to look ahead to the Camogie action for 2023. Um, it's coming, it's taken fast. Uh, the league starting in February for the Tip Senior Camogie. And uh, we have Geraldine Canan, the Tipperary Camogie PRO on the line. Uh, Geraldine, how are, you, how are you keeping? How you doing, Enda? Thanks for having me. No bother at all. So, Geraldine... Um, it's a fresh look to uh, to the Tipperary Camogie Senior Panel. Um, we have new management on board, even though it's a fair bit of continuity involved. Dennis Kelly from Tumivara. Um, he's a he's a good appointment, Geraldine. Uh, he knows the players inside out, and he's been in the background for the last few years. Yeah, look, he's been coached there, I suppose, uh, with Bill for the last two years, and then he previously was involved, I suppose, a bit in the background when Brian Boyle was the manager. So, he, look, he's huge experience and, you know, he's very passionate for the job. And um, I suppose when Bill decided to step away, you know, Dennis put his um, hat in the ring, I suppose, quick enough. And, uh, yeah, delighted for him that he got it. And it's it's great. There's kind of fresh faces too to set up as well. And yet you still have a bit of continuity with, with Dennis as well, you know, Um He's a new coach there, Michael Furncombe and Kevin Moran from McCarkey. Linda Grogan is coming as selector. Oscar O'Dwyer is new strength and conditioning. He's joined by Dermot Lahey, who was there last year as well. 
And then you have Bobby who was there last year doing logistics, Maggie O'Grady, video analysis. Um, Kevin Tobin was there last year, performance coach. And he's brought in Kieran Hackett there as well, just recently as a goalkeeping coach. So, you know, it's it's fresh, it's new, um, but also it has the experience. You know, Dennis is not starting totally from scratch either. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. like I do think it needs maybe some new blood and new players and all that, but I don't think we needed a brand new setup yeah. where a manager would have to come in and, you know, totally rebuild. I don't think we needed that. So, you know, I'm personally delighted with the setup now. I think it's, it's exciting. How, what do you think happened? Like, I mean, Bill was there, what, four or five years? And, you know, he got a great turn out of the girls there. And um, look, last year was just kind of a write-off. What do you what do you put it down to? Um, is it just uh, a case of things getting a bit stale? Or or what do you think? Yeah, I suppose it's probably never really kicked. The year never really kick-started. I think, you know, like the kind of, in the league, they played down and awfully and had big wins. And looking back, maybe, did we think we were going better than we were? You know, like... You probably can't read. Obviously, you can't read too much into maybe playing teams like that. And then the Monster Championship came, and the first game against Limerick, and you know, kind of thought we were flying it again, you know. And but then Claire, obviously, a different story. Went to a replay, lost the replay, and yeah. it just kind of you know they were hit with a few injuries. I thought the panel was a bit tight anyway, numbers wise. You know, a few girls, kind of a lot of the panel girls didn't come back, and um, different reasons. Probably COVID being lifted, and some of them just went off on J1s and things like that. And a few people didn't commit last year and that left the panel kind of tight. And then as the year went on, they got a few injuries and different things like Creve McCarthy and, and, uh, you know, suddenly I think for the court yeah. game, maybe they only had 21 fit players or something like that. And sure. Yeah. That's not really good for training and stuff like that. So I think it's, the, the, the year never really kickstarted till it was too late, really with the result, you know, they drew against Clare, drew against Dublin and then they had a win against Wexford and a win against Cork, but it was just too, too, too little, too late, really. And yeah, it's hard, it's hard to put your finger on it. But I do, you know, he's named thirty six there now for the league, and that's the kind of numbers you need, obviously. And mm. there's fresh blood there coming in with the minors, but then there's like the Sirkarine is back, and Emer Heffernan is back, and Claude and Karen obviously back from injury. Cleve McCarthy's on the way back from injury as well. So, um, do you know? It, I, I do think the panel already kind of looks kind of maybe fresher and a bit stronger and a bit more strength and depth already. Yeah, I just mentioned in the panel there. So, I mean, the big thing there really from from tip point of view is having Karen Kendi and Claude Quirk fit. They were massive yeah. last, last year. Yeah, and it's gas. You know, they're only back from injury and, and straight away they both be named as giant captains, I suppose. Yeah. That shows their kind of pedigree and the calibre and uh, how um highly they're, they're taught of by Dennis and the management team and Obviously, you know, they're going to be two of the first names down on the starting list as well. And, you know, like we all know how big a loss Karen was last year. But I think, you know, I just she was back for the club championship and one of her first games back, I just thought she was outstanding. And, you know, yeah. I realised, you know, she was, you know, I was only thinking today if we were to pick, you know, if we're going on a transfer market, she was our most valuable player. I think she's in her prime there, you know, yeah. and um, she is a class act there and would be a massive loss if you ever had to go out without her any day. So um, it's great to see her and Claude back. Like Claude was fantastic for Cloney again this year, a big part of them getting back to a county final again. And, you know, she's come back from another big injury as well, but, you know, she has huge hunger and add her yeah. two of them really likable characters as well. And, you know, popular in, in the dressing room and in the panel and, you know, two leaders on the field. So um they're a big addition straight away for for Dennis, I suppose, which Bill didn't have last year, you know. Yeah. And speaking of uh, good additions, we I see that Orlo Dwyer is named in the panel again, which is which is always exciting for Tipperary supporters, I suppose. A lot of listeners maybe who wouldn't be familiar with the Camogie team would, would know her name and she'll be she'll be a big boon for um for Dennis if she can stay fit and she um, yeah. she's yeah, I you know I was I was surprised I didn't I didn't think she was uh available for for selection um I I knew she was home um you know for Christmas and things like that but I I assumed she was going back to Australia but I suppose she doesn't need to go back you know yeah. I, until later on in the year um so look she's available for the league I suppose after that uh I I don't think you know anyone really knows for definite what her plans are but I'd imagine she's going back on you know obviously given another year uh in Australia but maybe she won't have to go as early as she has other years she went you know she's kind of more established there now and I know she had to get back for all the pre-season training other years and maybe this year if Tip were going well she might say look I'm going to hang on and see see this out and that would be brilliant yeah. and 
like her fitness and obviously her power, her pace, you know, there's, you know, it's second to none, like, but I suppose she has missed a good year of Camogie Club and County and, you know, so look, she'll need loads of hurling, loads of touch and all that, but yeah, she's, you know, again, she's a really good player and again, it gives the thing another boost as well for the league, so really looking forward to the, to the league now, you know. How does the league season work over in Australia, do you know, um, with Geraldine with the, with the Aussie rules? Is, is it a four or five month season in the winter time, is it? Yeah, well, they changed it last year. Remember, there was they were only kind of finished last year and usually yeah. they'd come home and there was a big kind of up in the air because there was talks yeah. of being changed and it did change. So it, it happened sooner last year. Mm. Um, now, I think uh, I think it, you could technically, the Camogie Championship and all that would be over and you'd be out there, but you'd miss the preseason kind of. You know, I think it gets going maybe, is it is it like the end of the summer, beginning of autumn yeah. kind of gets yeah. going. Um but you'd be missing the preseason if you know the preseason could be is a July and August something like that. Um, mm. while other years it was earlier, so it did change last year. So, um, that's why I, you know I see a lot of them are home now. But I presume come summer to be depends. You know, as soon as people are knocked out of championship, they'll be gone, or or even sooner. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully she's around for the whole thing. But um, yeah, the panel there, as we say, a few new faces there. I was just looking through it there. Teresa Ryan from Boris. Um, he's Grace Maloney up from the minors. Mary Burke, who's been playing well for drum for a long time. And you'll have Kareem, Kareem Blair back, even though she missed the championship last year. Uh, there's, there's, it's, well, there's players that were there before, but it's like it's like a brand new set of players coming in because they were missing last year, really. Yeah, and like Teresa Burke there, I suppose. Or Teresa Ryan hasn't been there for a few years. She was in Australia, yeah. but like, she was yeah. a, she was a very good player. Obviously, you know, the first few years that Bill was there, you know, she was our centre back or sweet mm. for midfielder. And, you know, I delighted. I, you know, the way if you're away for it for a few years, you don't know if you're going to come back and give that commitment. But yeah. it's great that she is because she was very good in during the summer, Boris Lee. So she's a big plus as well. Um, yeah, look, some of the minors are, co- are after coming up. You see, Michael Ferncombe has come in as coach. He was the manager of the minors last year. So he's very familiar with, you know, with the Fahey twins from Cashel, Grace mm. Maloney, Lauren Ryan, who was captain of the Ursuline. Uh, that won the Munster final last week. Uh, Eve, uh, what's Eve Dwyer from uh, Turles Arsfield. So they're all, I suppose, your top minors are after stepping up and coming into the panel, and they're adding strength and kind of something new and fresh, mm. and uh, keeping everyone on their toes. But like you said, Kareem Blair is back. Um, Emer Heffernan, Sarah Ryan, all players that are there thereabouts the last couple of years. But um, Wharton on the panel last year, just you know, the like mm. I said, there was J ones and different things but uh so that's great to see them back because that's you know that's what we need like you know we need to push in for places we need like what what tip need is every spot is competitive like that mm. you know you have two people fighting for cornerback two people fighting for midfield you know full back every position that has to be like yeah. really competitive and i thought that was probably lacking last year the kind of 15 that went out was kind of nearly set and yeah. you know we had subs come on but it just Felt like maybe the com- competition wasn't there for places in training and stuff. So look, the panel looks more competitive already, I think. And you know, hopefully that'll show once once the games kick off. Yeah, and the games obviously for the seniors kicking off uh, the eighteenth of February against Galway. Is that at home? Sure, I can't just can't remember. Yeah, the first game is at home. The league right. is really tough. It's kind of they yeah. just changed it around. And, yeah, you know, yeah, the, Galway, Galway, Dublin, Cork, Clare, and Kilkenny. It's a uh, Savage run of fixtures they'll get played. Yeah, so like now. you basically have the top teams in all one group. They've kind of divided up and think it's a one A and one B. Like last year we had Down, Offaly, uh, Dublin and Galway, you know, which obviously yeah. was was tricky, but there's no easy games this year, you know. And but that's what yeah. we want, like, you know, you, ha- you have to test girls against the best, like, and you know, Galway yeah. at home is you know, is a great opener, like that's that's a Fantastic opener for a tip. Um, there was a bit of hurt there last year against Galway in the league. You know, um, remember Casey got sent off and there was mm. it was rescinded afterwards, but too late and there was a controversial free at the end. You know, tip worth flying that day and a lot of people put it down. Actually, you asked me earlier on what happened last year that mm. that was kind of a big setback last year and some say they never recovered. I don't know if that was the case, but oh, that's a a, a mouthwater and a clash really open around the league that yeah. I'm sure. A bit of revenge there, hopefully for for Tip. Absolutely. So you have the big three basically in, in Galway, Cork, and Kilkenny, and then I, I, do we draw with Dublin and Clare in the championship last year? So yeah, and you yeah. know, I suppose Waterford is the only team that's missing out of that. But actually, yeah. Waterford were in Division Two. They they lost the Division yeah, yeah. Two final yeah. last year. So um, 
they're the only team that's missing out at that. I suppose made the top four, and you know, but actually, Waterford Bells last year, but um, Dublin Clare, like you said, we drew with them, so there's no easy game there. And you know, I don't know what you think of the league, and I always find it funny that you have to get out and try players and try new things and give game time into the panel, but like you can't beat winning games either, and and especially for like the tip who you know who have been starved of silverware. You know, it's yeah. you, you want to put out a fairly good team, but you also want to try people in the league. But you know, it would be great to get into a winning habit and and be full of confidence going into the championship later on in the summer. Yeah, I'd say you probably you probably would need that kind of it's the same for the hurlers really after such a bad year. You mm. know, the 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 morale's on the ground just to get the wins back on the board and try and get the confidence through the panel again. Um, yeah, like so, yeah. you know, then it's going to be looking for a balance there of trying out new girls, but also I suppose your spine of your team is going to have to be strong playing against the Galways and the Corks and the Hennies, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very exciting to, and something to look forward to. That it's going to be a hectic few months uh, in, in GA in general and tip. Um, but there's good news um, earlier in the month, Gerard, there's the uh, MIC and Tipperary Kwagi announced a five-year partnership um, for use of the Thurless campus for all the for the senior, junior, minor, under sixteen, uh, championship teams, um, it's yeah. a it's, it's a massive deal, and you know, the, in, in, yourself included, Tip Camogie have been putting in great work in the background to try and give the girls the 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 proper facilities and the proper, um, proper uh, like facilities just to get the get the work done, the gym work, the training sessions, and it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it definitely is a step in the right direction and an exciting move and an exciting new partnership for Tipperary Camogie. Um, you know, we have wonderful County Camogie grounds out in the rag and a lot of work has gone into that down through the years by a lot of people. But, you know, it is only one pitch and obviously all the teams can train there and then expect it to be right for matches and all that. So, you know, we have been using Dr. Morris and we have been using other fields and, you know, traveling here, there and everywhere. And, you know, um. What uh like Dr. Morris has been great to us, but as you know, like the amount of teams that are in there between development yeah. squads and GA and, and and ladies football and hurling and everything and um uh watch football. So like Tip are always out on the lookout for, for more for, for more facilities. And you know, we have used um the Mary I pitch in the past, but this is an agreement now that you know they they come together and the is 50 50 the cost of upgrading the playing field so that has been done um just but you know improved the the surface and the playing field and then you know mary i now are are putting in um upgrading the dressing rooms and the showering facilities and you know there'll be access to changing rooms and meeting rooms and things like that for for tipperary and uh it's going to be a real kind of um i suppose home for for training and for the teams for the senior the juniors and the minors county under 16 is it's going to be a centralized position you know pitch now in the middle yeah. of the county that you know that has been lacking and it just makes so much sense because obviously you know the way the college term works you know they won't be using it after you know mm. february or march and you know the weekends it's available as well and so it's a really good partnership and mary i obviously you know big plans there for tarlis and you know developing it's a fantastic uh, college now third level um campus and you know it's just exciting to be on board with them and be working together with this and it's just uh, the, you know the simple things that you think don't don't help teams on the pitch but just having that centralized focal point to meet up and do your training rather than you know chopping and changing every other week depending on facilities being available weather you know it's, it's just it, it really puts everything to bed in terms of that yeah, exactly. You have a base, you have a home, you know where training is going to be. And, you know, even some of the players are talking about, you know, when they're away in different counties, they can get the train and things like that. Uh, to list, um, you know, which which would be an option if you're training somewhere else out in a, in a, in a country uh, parish. So it, it's great. Like it is a huge boost. And, you know, in fairness, a lot of work has gone into to get this up and running. And, um, you know, I think it's only going to grow and get bigger and better. And it's you know, it's exciting uh, partnership with MIC and it's kind of in line with with an earlier partnership with St. Joseph's College in Boris Lee that was, that was you know, um, established in 2022 as well. And that's a new facility that, that hopefully will be up and running soon. AstroTurf, the gym is already done yeah. and teams yeah. are in there doing their winter training. So um, there's an AstroTurf and Hurling Wall that's going to be open soon as well. So, it, you know, all that off-field kind of development is is very important if you're going to perform on the field. And just while we have you, Ger, my last question, I, I've been talking to you since uh, Drummond Inch um, went out in the All-Ireland semi-final. Uh, 
disappointing end, I suppose. You know, a lot a lot of people on paper would have uh, would have thought that Drum could have got through that match, but just wasn't to be. Yeah, look, wasn't to be, you know, and um, I suppose uh, it is disappointing, you know, you, you you win four county finals in a row and you've two Munster titles, you want to go a bit further and, you know, but uh, it's, it's just so hard to, to obviously win a club All-Ireland or even to get to a final and I suppose Drum just fell short um, this year again and it was a pity, I suppose, because I suppose they probably didn't play as well as they could really, but then it's, they weren't left as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, it ended up being a fantastic final, all Ireland final with Sarsfields won again. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, I just, I suppose Sarsfields are the benchmark now and, you know, set the standard very high for anyone else that's going to try and get there and, and win a club all Ireland. And, you know, I suppose Drum just have to go back to the drawing board and, you know, and try and start all over again. And, you know, they'll have mm-hmm. a very competitive county championship again next year, no doubt, uh, with the likes of Clonty and Cashel again. And, but, uh, yeah, it was, I suppose, disappointing, but I suppose they can reflect on a you know, really good year as well, win the county final and win a Munster title as well. So, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet year in the end. Yeah. And you were just, just before I let you go, you said you're very excited by the setup there with Dennis and uh, all his backroom team involved. How do you see them going this year? I know there's pressing been a ball puck yet, but, but what, what do you think the, the goal for the year will be and what do you see them achieving? Well, definitely, uh, look, it was definitely a disappointing and you'd say, you know, a disappointing year last year, not getting to the knockout stages and, you know, seeing the likes of Waterford get to an All-Iron semi-final and really put it up to, to Cork and stuff like that. So, look, definitely it has, you have to look at an All-Iron semi-final spot. Um, that has to be the goal. That has to be the kind of standard. And, you know, when you get to there, then you're, you're I suppose, you're two games away from winning All-Iron. But, um, you know, I think he's looking for a really competitive league He'd be looking for to get a, good, a few victories in that group and, you know, and to find a few players. I think we probably need to find a few forwards, more attacking, scoring forwards, mm-hmm. probably lacking a small bit up, up front. That's that's what we need to find. And uh, yeah. hopefully he will find that come championship and we'll give the championship a right rattle. Um, you know, who knows, you know, but I definitely think we're good enough to be in the top four. And after that, you know, it's a bit of luck go a long way as well. And, you know, I'm afraid to dream, but you know, you would love obviously to win an All Ireland final. And you know, sometimes you think, oh, we're a good bit away from the Galways and Kilkenny's. But you know, I often see these some of the Galway players or Kilkenny players playing at club games or playing in colleges, and they're like, you know, Tipperary players are every bit as good as them. But it's just I think when or when they're together, a collective of the county team, you know, there there's some, you know, I don't know what it is, but I think a lot of it is just confidence and getting on a winning streak because individually, I think we have players every bit as good. Uh, you know, as Kilkenny's and the Galway's and the Corks, but we just have to put it all together, I suppose, a team performance on the day. Yeah, hopefully they go well for the year. And uh, thanks for joining us, Geraldine. And uh, we'll get John certainly before the league anyway to, to preview the Galway match and, and see how things are shaping up then. No problem. Look forward to it. Why not? Go retro with orgaretro.com. Right, folks. Th- thanks a million. Thanks a million, Sean. Thanks a million, Colm. Hopefully no bother, lad. Yeah, uh, perfect. To the win in the big ball. Best look for the Superior teams this weekend. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.